Hey everybody, it's the two guys with the smoothest butts on the internet, Austin and Julian, and this is Just the Tips with Austin and Julian, the show where we take tips, tricks, life hacks, and general advice, mostly from Reddit, regurgitate it through our brains, actually digest it through our brains, and then regurgitate it into your smelly ears. Jesus Christ, Julian. Just the Hey everyone, be quiet. Just the tips is on. Hey everybody, it's the two guys with the smoothest butts on the internet, Austin and Julian. And this is Just the Tips with Austin and Julian, the show where we take tips, tricks, life hacks, and pro tips from the internet, mostly Reddit, filter it through our degenerate brains, and regurgitate it into your ears. What's up, Austin? Hey, what's up, Julian? I hope everyone likes your smoothest butts line. I really like that line. I know. I, I know you love smooth butts. Whether or not it's true has yet to be determined, but we can pretend. My butt might be smoother than your butt at this point. I don't know. There's only one way to find out. We'll have to take it offline and find out. Yeah, let's take this offline. My butt's not that hairy, surprisingly. I know. I've seen it. When you say smooth butts, are you talking about the cheeks or are you talking about the inside? You know what? Let's just... What were you going to say? Uh, definitely the cheeks. <laughs> Definitely the cheeks. The inside is just a cherry on the top, if that's also smooth. That's a no man's land. We don't talk about that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had to go get my eyes legally certified to read Smoke today, and that was a lot of fun. And I wore a straw hat, and I've never gotten more compliments on a straw hat in my life. I had three people comment on my straw hat and how much they liked it. Were they making fun of you in the way they complimented, or did they actually like it? No, I think they actually liked it. One guy said that he never wore hats before he found a straw hat, and he really likes his hat until he saw my hat. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in that situation. They they think that hats don't look good on them until they find the right straw hat, and they're like, oh, this is totally different. It's a big game changer. I think they're coming into style. I know at the outdoor stores, there's some brand that my wife bought a straw hat from, and she said they're all the rage these days. And I've been seeing a lot more straw hats out and about. So I think they're having their moment. It's about goddamn time. They are nice. Like, I was out in the sun all day. That's why I wore it. And it was very nice to keep the sun off of me. Yeah, when you're growing up, you don't really realize that those cowboy hats and straw hats like that are very utilitarian and there's a reason why landscapers wear them yeah they're not just stylish they are also very useful for keeping the sun off you oh did you have like one of those raiden hats like raiden from mortal kombat that kind of straw hat yes oh okay i was imagining like a a redneck like loose straw hat you know or or a fedora a straw fedora (laughs) You I used had to have a, yeah. I know. I had a fedora of every shape and size and material. You had a fedora for every occasion. I did. I was a fedora man for quite a while. I don't know if it was straw. Maybe it was called weave woven, but... It was straw. Either way, you got a lot of ass from that fedora. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. At the time, they were all the rage, man. And then I had my newsy cap phase, and now I'm just a baseball cap guy. In a straw hat when I'm out in the sun. It's all cyclical, Julian. You just got to be patient, and they'll all come back at one point. I know. I shouldn't have gotten rid of all my fedoras because a lot of those are expensive. 
Oh, I'm sure. I can imagine. I remember we went to that one place in Venice, and I got one, and it was like 60 or $70. Yeah, but that's not the type of thing you want to skimp on. No, you don't. They lose their shape. People can tell a cheap fedora from an expensive fedora. Oh, yeah. You can see it from a mile away. Yeah. Do you remember, were you in Vegas with me when that drunk couple came up to me and bought my fedora off me for like, I think they gave me like two or three hundred dollars. <laughs> no. We were at some club. We were at LAX in Luxor and this drunk couple came up to me and the girl's like, I love your hat. Can we buy it off you? I think I got on my boyfriend and I was like, no. And then they offered me a ridiculous amount of money and I was like, yeah, sure. Here you go. $300 for a used sweaty as fuck fedora. That sounds like a pretty good deal for you. <laughs> yeah, it was a great deal for me. They were absolutely shit-faced and got the short end of that stick, but I hope they really enjoyed it. I can only imagine how sweaty your fedora was if you're in Vegas at LAX. Oh, yeah. It was late in the evening, too, and I had been dancing my tail off on that yeah. dance floor. Your pupils I think, were the size of quarters. Your head was sweaty. I think Little John was DJing that night. And, uh, oh, really? I was definitely, I was definitely losing my, my shit to it. He was just solo, just Lil John, no East Side Boys? Yeah, it was just like a DJ set that he was doing, and he would just go, okay, yeah, and, and then play a bunch of Lil John songs. That was the, the night that Lil John almost made me pee my pants. Yeah, I, I just, as we were talking about that, I had deja vu, and I was like, I think we've had this exact same conversation before. And I think I even asked if these side boys were there, so that's yeah, that's kind of kind of sad. But I don't think I mentioned about the fedora being bought off me. Nope. In the previous conversation, so every time we tell it, we squeeze a little more juice out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, we'll find something else. Oh, dude, I'm sure we'll find some other nuggets. Tons of gems in that story. We will revisit it every couple months. All right, sounds good. All right, well. You're a sack of beans today, so why don't you get us started on your tips? All right. Fuck. I got all these tips that have these long explanations in them, and I wish they didn't. Just take a deep breath, Austin. You can get through it. Okay. I'm going to pick the shortest one. Okay. It's a life pro tip brought to us by only for this job. It's uh, nobody cares if you overwork yourself until hitting a burnout. Keeping a good work-life balance is your own responsibility, Julian, not your company's responsibility. Well, I added that last part. I guess it kind of is their responsibility to, to make that possible for you. I think this is pretty well known these days. There's been a lot of burnout and a lot of people, and there's a lot more awareness around this. Also, I think it's one of those things. It's like sleep. Like We all know we need more sleep, but nobody does it, and I think... A lot of people know they need more work-life balance, but it's easier said than done. And I remember at my old job, it was expected that you work 50 hours a week. It was 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And people would stay late and work additional hours on top of that. And I remember there were times where I just felt like a piece of shit. And so I would either just stay to my normal hours or stay a little later just to save face. And I wouldn't even be doing anything. I would be on Reddit or texting friends just so people wouldn't think I was a shithead. How stupid is that? But anyways, you have to organize your life and make your home life a priority, Julian. I know this is not a problem for you. You're probably, you could probably do a little talk on this and teach us all a little something. Yeah, that should definitely be my tip and not your tip. 
I uh, live by this, and I encourage everyone to live by this because there is more to life than work, a lot more. And if your life is your job, then you should figure out how to get a little more life into your life because <laughs> you're just going to burn yourself out, man. You get one life. Don't waste it, like, slaving away. I understand if it's, like, your company and it's your passion, something like that, fine. But if you're just you know, another cog in the wheel of a big company, you know, do what you need to do to keep your job and do well, but don't let it burn you out and don't let it take over your life. And I feel that companies that pressure people to like work an ungodly amount is really not fair to those people. I mean, there are, there are definitely people out there that have that personality where all they want to do is work. We have guys at our job like that, but for everyone else, do you, man, get you some something that you enjoy into your life and make sure you, you, you carve out some time because you're not doing anyone any good if you're just a hollow piece of yourself because you're so burnt out that you've lost yourself. Beautifully said, Julian. It was I don't think so. That was horribly well said. thought out and succinct. <laughs> no, it was not very well thought out and concise and to the point. You're an asshole. You did not draw on for longer than you needed to. I remember a couple of years back, Julian gave me some really good advice as far as looking for a career. He said, I recommend marrying someone whose dad owns a company and that way you can get a lot more vacation flexibility moving forward. <laughs> and he's a man of his word. He did it, and I fucked up. I did not do that. But I will say, Julian, you've always been a man of your word as far as this. Even when you worked in the restaurant business, and you needed money, and you needed shifts, and we needed you to work on the weekends, he stuck to his guns. He said he wasn't going to work fucking weekends. He's going to take as many vacations as he needed to, even if he had to go on a vacation with no money. And you made it work. You fucked us over a little bit on the weekends when we were short-staffed. But, hey, that's not your problem. I didn't fuck you. I just I made my boundaries very clear when I got hired. You did. And I did not budge on them. I know. And I, that's it's it. It's impressive. I couldn't do it. I would be, I'm too much of a pussy where I would be like, no, I know they need me to work weekends. I know they're, they're not going to give me that option at a restaurant, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't make any excuses. You just went for it. Yeah, because they knew very well that if they didn't let me go, I would just quit. Yeah, you had all the leverage. And but but in return, and I think I've talked about this before, the th commitments I made, I was 100% on. My boss never had to worry if I would show up or not. I'd never call in sick, I'd never be in late. I'd always be on top of my game at work, so he could count on me. And in exchange, all I ask is that he respects my boundaries. And my boundaries happen to be that I get every single weekend off, which is really hard to accomplish in a restaurant. <laughs> All I ask <laughs> is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. I, any other day I will work. You just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Brandon and I were so pissed, especially Brandon. I thought it was kind of funny, but I know I also re I respected it. The thing was at the time, like I didn't really need the job. It was just kind of some extra money on the side some walking around money yeah so it didn't really yeah that's true you still had a about half of your giant change jar left 
Azure. Yeah. No, that wasn't that was in, that was when I was working that was when I came back from LA and was taking care of my dad's estate. That's when I did that. The other time when I was in college working at that same job, I worked weekends and I did all that. God, you're just lobbing me up. It's so hard for me not to take that ammunition. Why? What did I do? <laughs> what ammunition? <laughs> that is when it well, was. Well, my primary career is managing my dad's estate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just what I was doing. It's, not, at it's the, not as easy as it sounds. That's what I was doing at the time. I came back for a year. I know. I'm just kidding, Julian. And I just needed some, some fuck around money, you know? Yeah, and you got it, and you fucked around. I did. So I did. this tip, obviously not everybody has this option. Some people just have to fucking work a shitload to make ends meet. Certain jobs have spurts of time or they have time periods where you have to work a shitload of hours and bust ass sometimes for extended periods of time. But I think the point is in the end, you need to long-term find some sort of work-life balance or else you're going to die of a fucking heart attack or, yeah, you know, God knows what else. So I can do, I, I try to average like 45 hours a week. That's, that seems doable to me. And it's still like I get, by the end of that week, I'm burnt out. If I do 50 hours, I'm tired. You know, there's some people that work in 60, 70 hour weeks, man. I don't think that's good for you. Probably not. Unless you're like really, really into whatever you're doing. Like, you know, I think some actors probably work some really long hours, but it's like doing a variety of things. Like there's different job types that maybe it's not as bad. But if you're like a janitor working 70 hours a week, man. That's that's a tough life. Yeah. My dad was working construction 80 hours a week forever. He's always worked crazy fucking hours and sleeping four hours at night. But he's built different. And I guess you get used to it like anything else. You get yeah. used to it. So, I don't know. And also, just from a company perspective, there's usually a point of diminishing returns as far as how much work your employees are going to get done in a certain amount of time. And I know that... There are companies in Europe, I think I've heard, and even here, where they would start experimenting with a four-day work week. And whether it be, sometimes it's just work more hours and squeeze it into four days. But sometimes it just shows that you can actually work less hours and people will manage their time better and work harder to get the, to meet whatever goals they need to meet in a shorter period of time. Whereas if you have, you know you have 10, 12 hours to work that day, you're more likely to stretch it out and you're not going to hit the ground running as much as if you have six or seven hours to get all your stuff done. I'd be all about the four day work week. If I could, if I could, uh, swing that, I don't think what about that Tim Ferriss four hour work week. That's, that's more of my speed. Who Tim Ferriss. You never heard of that book, the four hour work week. No, it's from like 12 years ago. Oh, is it just getting a bunch of supplementary supplementary income coming in where you just have to manage like a few things and it's all working for you while you do whatever you want? I don't know. I never actually read the book. I bought it, but I didn't read it. But yeah, I think it's something like that. Getting supplementary income, supplement supplemental income. Yes. And I think a lot of it was, uh, what's it called when you... Oh, I think a lot of it was outsourcing work to India, like getting a assistant in India that you pay $3 an hour, shit like that. That sounds great. I, would, I need to read that book. I think 4-Hour Workweek was kind of a catchy title, and I think what he was 
kind of talking about was maybe not for everybody. But I think there was a lot of good points as far as scheduling your time and creating boundaries for not wasting time. You know, I think part of it was like not having all these bullshit meetings that people have and saying, I have 20 minutes for this meeting and or I'm only going to do it over Zoom, things like that. I don't know. I'm talking on my ass. I don't know. I haven't done any of this shit in a long time. And when I did, I was horrible. You haven't even read the book, Austin. You're trying to give advice. But I listened to his podcast and he he touches up on, on things from the book. And so I feel like I've pieced it together at this point. I, I, you're doing great, Austin. Thank you. I remember when we first moved to L.A., I read an article about a guy who his business was that he hired some people from China to play World of Warcraft. And then they would just take everything that they like earned in the game or found in the game and donate it to his main account. And then he would sell all the items through auction. And I think he was making like $5 million a year doing this. And because like World of Warcraft at the time was huge, I think it's still pretty big. And there's like a bunch of really rare items that people will pay real money for. And so he just had these people playing the game for him and then taking everything that they earned and giving it to him and auctioning it off for real money. And he was killing it. I remember they showed a picture of his house. I have a follow-up question, but I'm afraid of what kind of rabbit hole it's going to lead you down. What? You can... All right, let's let's keep this quick. So you win shit in the game, and then you sell it for real money? Yes. Like virtual items, like swords and armor and stuff like that. That's really hard to get. I can't even wrap my head around that. Oh, it happens all the time, man. That's what free-to-play games are. I mean, there's entire industries making, like, hand-over-fist money offering shit like this. God, it's always so frustrating when you see people making just unreal money off of stupid shit like that. You gotta work for every fucking penny you got, and then you see people just like, oh, yeah, I just I made $5 million. Yeah. Having some people in China play this game. And I was like, you motherfucker. Literally, like, that's a whole new model where they give the game away for free and they charge you for like outfits and things to decorate your character with. And they make more money selling that shit than they do if they would charge for the game. Julian, I'm telling you, we got to get serious about these TikTok videos. Julian and I have been coming up with an idea of making twerking instructional videos. I mean, how many, you need like what, 10 million hits and you get paid? Yeah, shouldn't be a problem. But here's the thing: I deleted TikTok because it's oh, a national right. security threat. As sad as I was to do it, it finally was convincing enough that all the data that that app is collecting off of us and then sending back to China, and there's like no boundaries for the employees of that company to access it, and who knows where it's like ending up. I was like, enough's enough. I'll find a different platform to teach people how to twerk on. I mean, we could just use YouTube. YouTube. Uh, we could use Instagram Live. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities. We need to go through them. All right. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's do that. And uh, while you're at it, guys, create a work-life balance if you can. Because eventually, if you don't, you will die of stress and uh or something else. 
All right. Well, while you're not working, I have a tip for you. And it comes from Mystery Machine 33. And it is try to become friends with a neighbor who has a garden. This person has a large garden in their backyard. And when in season, he gets lots of tomatoes and raspberries. And since he can't eat them all, he, they often go bad. So he gives them away to all his neighbors who he's friends with. If you want fresh produce for free, be friendly with people who have a garden. I think this goes for all kinds of stuff though. For example, my grandfather growing up lived in Rockport, Massachusetts, and his neighbor was a lobster fisherman, and he was friends with him, and his neighbor would bring him over extra lobsters when he'd go on his fishing trips. And so if you've got a neighbor that's into some sort of food collecting activity or cooking or whatever it is, become friends with them. Like whenever I have extra food, I invite my neighbors over to grab some of whatever it is, and they love it. I think I'm doing this wrong because my neighbor does not have a garden, but her husband, who's 92 years old, keeps falling over, and then she calls me, and I go pick him up off the ground. I actually did it earlier today. You did? Yeah, and he was in his whitey tighties, and he had peed on the carpet. Oh, man. uh, That usually doesn't happen. He usually has his clothes on, and there's never been pee before. So... You know what's funny, though? I, this, <laughs> this is so shitty. I shouldn't share this. It, it, it's just full honesty. When I was, I told her, I could tell the lady was, like, overwhelmed. She had tears in her eyes and was trying to help him up and just couldn't do it. And so I told her, let me just lay this out there before I make myself look like a jackass. I was just like, do not hesitate to call me. I really don't mind. It takes five minutes. I'm glad to help. And then as I was walking over, you know how random things just pop into your mind? And I was just like, I wonder if they'll put me in their will. <laughs> wow. Awesome. And then I was like, it wasn't a real thought. It just, it's one of those things that crossed your mind. You know, like when you're on a bridge and you're like, hey, I can just jump off of here. I swear I didn't mean it. But if they did, I would accept it. If you want to be put in the will, Austin, next time you go over there, if you see something you like, just like compliment it. Be like, hey, that's a sweet 78 Firebird you got out there. Does that thing still run? That's a good idea. You know? So I think overall, it's good to be friendly with your neighbors. Obviously, there's there's a line there somewhere because if you get neighbors that are too friendly and they want to, and they're like super lonely or overly talkative, they're going to try to stop you every time you take your trash can out or get out of your car. That's something else I thought about. It's, it's nice having like a sense of community and it made me feel good helping my neighbor, you know? Like it, you feel like you did a good deed and it's just, if one of you leaves town, the other one can, you know, keep an eye on the house or bring your trash in, get your mail. It's nice having some sort of sense of community, but as far as your tip and looking for neighbors with gardens, how, what do you recommend? Should I just walk through the neighborhood with binoculars and kind of peek into the backyard and see what their garden situation is? Or do you climb the wall or just how, how does that work? Well, so I think a lot of neighbors like to display their gardens so all you got to do is walk around your neighborhood and you'll probably see a neighbor that has some orange trees or apple trees, whatever it is. And then if you ever see them in the front yard, go and strike up a conversation with them. If they keep them in the backyards, you know, a lot of houses in Tucson have those back alleyways behind it. Just take a stroll down the back alleyways and um, take a quick peek over. Yeah, just hop up, pretend you're looking for your lost cat or something. 
and the, if they ask you what you're doing and then compliment their whatever they're growing they like, oh, those are some nice avocados you got there how many you get a year that's a good idea i really gotta scout this neighborhood i bet you can get all kinds of free shit austin the only thing i give my neighbors is just a shitload of pine needles all over their yard it's so bad i feel like kind of an asshole like dude this pine tree especially during monsoon season I have like a 60 foot pine tree. I'm sure I've talked about it before. It's my, it's my proudest. It's your pride and joy. Is that what you're trying to say? It's my pride and joy. Yeah. It's like my child. Your 60 foot child. And it's the only thing I own in this world, but I have a 60 foot pine tree and it is very poorly maintained. And during monsoon season, it just is a fucking mess. It's so bad, dude. So man, anyways, but if you pick your neighbor up off the ground, kind of give and take, you know? Yeah, so I wouldn't expect to be in their well because you're already taken. I do want to get a garden, though. I think that would be cool. And not too long ago, I planted a basil. I think it's like black basil and thyme plants in this little pot that I have that's hooked up to the irrigation system. And it's fucking blooming. And I haven't used it to cook a single time. I need to, I need to get on that. You know what you should do is start growing some peyote, and then you can hand out mescaline pods to your neighbors. How did you grow it? Just like weed or something? It's just a cactus. I think you can buy it in Tucson at at certain garden stores. No way. Yeah, 100%. Because it grows naturally. All right, I'm going to make a note of this. And just then you can pick some pods and be like, hey, we were tripping last night, and we had a few of these mescaline pods left over. You want one? I don't know anything about peyote. It's like a, it's a hallucinogen of some sort, right? Yeah, it's a really strong one. I just remember in Cheech and Chong, one of the Cheech and Chong movies, they ate some peyote, and I've always wanted to try it ever since then. Yeah, it's it's one of those that you'll like leave the universe, or you'll leave the earth, and it's used a lot in like native rituals and whatnot. Hmm. So yeah, I think you'd really like it, and yeah, I'm pretty sure you can just buy it at the store in tucson at certain nurseries at least according to my brother that's what he told me all right well we'll take a look all right all right let's move on to the next tip great idea this is a life pro tip from kara cold when does i know her all right when deciding on a new job don't underestimate the importance of its distance from your house sometimes a bad job can be made worse by a long commute home and vice versa it blows my mind how far some people drive to work. And some people like driving. It's like their, you know, their moment of peace, and it's a good time to listen. I mean, podcasts have made this so much easier for long commutes. But for me, I don't mind driving overall, but as far as driving to work every day, if it's over, like, 15, 20 minutes, it fucking drives me nuts. Thanks, Austin. This was great the first time he said it, too. Yeah, I, th- um, I thought it sounded familiar. You definitely did this, and we- hey, there's only so many fucking tips out there, man. I was I was looking today, and there was just a bunch of bullshit. I don't know how many times I've seen this clean your house before you go on vacation. That popped up like five times. I was like, are we gonna run out of tips and have to cancel this show in the near future? Most likely. No way, man. There's limitless tips. You just gotta dig a little deeper. Um, but yeah, I agree with this, and I think I've told the story about f- people I've known that have driven ridiculous amounts in. Uh, LA 
and I think it happens a lot these days with how expensive everything is. People are having to move further and further away from city centers because it's all they can afford. And it's a real shame, real shame. It's one of the, it, it really highlights why we need much better public transportation in our area. Hey, speak for yourself, you, man. We got SunTran out here. Oh, yeah. Great. But no, if you had like the, the train systems that they have in Europe, like, can you imagine how much better everything would be? I mean, even if your train commute is an hour, at least you're sitting on a train. You don't have to deal with, you know, traffic and stress and you can kind of just use your time to read a book or whatever. Yeah. I mean, trains are the shit, but it's too late in a lot of places with the sprawl and the way that the cities are designed. It's, it's just not going to happen in Arizona. It's not too late. Austin. And it's just, they're a huge pain in the ass to build in an already existing city. I mean, I, I think they're great. And I wish we had some trains here or at least a goddamn freeway between through the middle of town. Don't you have an aviation highway? Yeah, but that's the closest thing. Yeah. Well, you're like, yeah, that's a freeway, buddy. A lot of places don't even have that. Austin, you know how many so. places would be thankful for an aviation highway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a I mean, highway. With here z- I go. Taking it for granted again. A highway with zero exits. <laughs> it is weird how taking a train is so much better than taking a bus, even though you see crazy shit happen on videos in the subway. But it's just something about a train that's way better than a bus. It's just got a little bit of romance to it that the bus is just missing. Yeah. Is the bus, is it kind of a stigma type thing or is it, or are you more likely to step in human shit and on a bus or piss? I think you have a pretty good chance on both, but I think it's also depends on the type of bus because if you're on one of those buses that's like chartered and going to somewhere awesome. Charter bus. Yeah. Then that's really exciting. And that has all the charm of a train. But if you're just on a city bus or a Greyhound bus with a bunch of weirdos that smell bad, you know, it loses its charm. So you're telling me I just need to get on a high school football team so I can start riding charter buses. Oh yeah. I'm I guess we're kind of stupid. It's obvious why trains are better than buses because buses have to go with the flow of traffic. So they take a long time and a train doesn't have to do that necessarily so i think wow you really nailed it on the head damn dude i just fucking picked that apart do they still have the tr- the bus that picks all the high schoolers up and takes them to nogales do you remember that <sighs> bus no i don't know how did i not know about this bus I, well it was organized by a kid who went to cell point who's f- who is from nogales he had like a deal with one of the like nightclubs down there where you they would pay for the bus and load up a bunch of high school kids and bring them to the nightclub. And then it was like $20 all you can drink for like watered down tequila shots. But that could be a fun bus for you to jump on. If it's still going, you'd probably be the oldest one on the bus, but yeah, I mean a bunch of high school kids. That seems like a good (laughs) recipe for all sorts of horrible things, including me just being angry. 18 year old kids cannot do all you can drink. That's a dangerous game. It's true. It got so crowded that so it's twenty dollars all you could drink, but you really needed forty dollars. I remember because there's always a catch. You had to tip. <laughs> you had to tip. If you didn't tip, you weren't getting served. So you had to tip a dollar a drink back then. So it's forty dollars. It's funny how when we were eighteen, all you can drink 
would be a very dangerous thing. But now, a little more than twice that age, all you can eat is, is what really gets me. That's much more dangerous for me. I don't know, Austin. You give me some bottomless mimosas, I can get into some real trouble. That's true. Yeah, you're a mule, though. You can drink 40 drinks, and and you're not going to, you know, you'll make it back. Yeah, but I might not be walking the best, and with mimosas, I probably won't be feeling the best either. Those will fuck me up. Everyone's got their Achilles heel, and those are my kryptonite. Yeah, something about drinking a gallon of orange juice mixed with a, a sugary form of booze. That'll do it to you. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next tip, huh? Austin, you know how you have that dirty-ass nag, nag, Nalginer bottle? What are those bottles? How do you pronounce those bottles? I think you're trying to say Nalgene. Nalgene, thank you. Yeah, you have that dirty-ass Nalgene bottle that I'm always like, ew, how the fuck do you drink out of that? I did, like, 14 years ago. You've run it over your car, like, 50 times, with your car 50 times? that was, like, 15 years ago. But I brought that shit everywhere. Well, you should probably wash it. And Mr. Gordley has a great way to wash it. Hey, Julian, nice segue, by the way. You're really getting good at this. (laughs) Thank you. Um... You can clean out an old Nalgene Nalgene? Nalgene. Nalgene water bottle (laughs) with crushed ice and some table salt. Swirl the mixture around inside and it'll look brand new. Now, I know this might sound like it's only good for Nalgene bottles, but this also works really well for bongs. But you have to substitute the ice with rubbing alcohol and use what's that salt called epsom salt epsom salt and you swirl that around and it'll get that bong sparkling clean even if you haven't washed it in months yeah i remember doing that but it's kind of dangerous with ice though because you can break that little glass tube in there right substitute the ice for alcohol oh oh yeah yeah i remember that yeah, you put the ice in after because you smoke it and you get a real nice hit off of it. I've seen people do that with coffee pots too. The the salt and the ice works with anything that built with that with, that's made of glass and builds up stuff. Didn't work as well as I was hoping for, but maybe we didn't do it long enough. Noah was the king of that. Do you remember how excited Noah would get to clean your bong and he'd get all fresh and nice, and then he'd put ice in it. And pack you a bowl, and he'd he'd really make an event out of it. He did. It was a real treat when you'd go over to his house. Yeah, he's like, I just cleaned it. It'd be and he'd show sparkling it off and be clean, sp- ice cold. He'd yep. give you like a fresh little hit. Man, it was great. I took a bong rip for the first time in probably like ten years this past weekend. Really, and it was amazing, man. I forgot how much how enjoyable that is. Like it was a brand new bong with ice in it. A real nice indica weed and it was literally like taking a fresh breath of mountain air it just felt so good <laughs> uh i wish i could smoke weed still i miss that especially miss bongs i forgot how much i missed smoking out of bongs man bongs are the best oh i loved a nice bong do you remember the zong of course i remember the zong Dude, the zong was great because you it was like really hard to get the water into your mouth, which is a good thing because when you get bong water in your mouth, it's disgusting. Yeah, you could suck that thing as hard as you could, and because of the little angled elbows, the water wouldn't go up in your mouth. Yeah. Do you remember 
the biggest party foul you could do is when you'd cough into the bong and you'd blow the water out. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Yeah, I guess I've probably seen that. I just had a very vivid memory of one time when you had this dirty-ass, disgusting bong. And it was like a small, shitty bong. It was just like, it was so Julian, everything about this bong. <laughs> it was like a discount bong. It was so dirty that it was like black, even though it was originally clear. And I remember, I think you were had been drinking and you filled it up way too high or it was just full. Maybe you added water to it. Yeah. You added water to it and the existing water was like black and dirty. And I remember looking over and you're just about to rip it. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be bad. And you just go and you just drank a huge gulp of water and then just ran to the fucking kitchen, started coughing, possibly throwing up. Yes. You remember I, that? I do remember that. That was horrible. I, had a lot of bad bongs. The worst was uh, our friend would take these things that he called English hits and he would just ruin people's bongs. And he was so insistent about it too. Cause he said it was so much better, but basically he would pack tobacco on the bottom of his bowls and put the weed on top. Yeah. And he would make, he would smoke out of anyone's bong. Like, and it would just ruin them. And he, like, didn't give a fuck. He's like, no, dude, that's how I smoke. And he'd get pissed at you if you didn't let him do it. That's true. I can't believe we let him do that. It, and it made your house smell. It ruined the bong for everyone else. Oh, it's fucking awful. And would, but here's his move. He always had weed on him. So, like, if you were, if you needed weed and you'd, you're dry, he would gladly come over and smoke you out. But in return, you had to let him smoke tobacco out of your bong. That was the deal you made. All right. I'm back on board. That's fair. I think that's what we did all the time. We wouldn't have anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, go for it. As long as you let me have some of that. Yeah. It was hilarious. He would show up to my, he always took early morning classes. And right about the time I would wake up, he would show up with two forties and some weed. And as soon as he got out of class, that's what he'd start doing is he'd start drinking 40s and smoking weed in my living room. Every day? Pretty much. Yeah, it was like a daily occurrence. He would he would kind of rotate between houses wherever he was allowed to show up at 10 a.m. with 40s and, and weed. Hmm. I know this is not the time for it since we're recording a show, but what that, have you heard from him or do you know what happened to him? Uh, the last time I saw him was when my dad died and he came over and asked me really weird questions like how much money am I going to be getting and things like that. Like literally on the day my dad died. Hmm. And that was the last time I ever talked. The last time I ever heard from him, he asked for his number because he needed an attorney for something. Hmm. And I think Noah's run into him a few times and it hasn't been good. That's I think he's really uh, gone down the wrong path. Yeah, I was hoping it would be one of those things where he like turned his life around and he was sober and he was like a personal trainer or something or was a Zumba coach. Yeah. I mean, the thing was like when we knew he wasn't that bad, he got worse after we knew him. No, I always liked him. He was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But, like, you know, we were in our guy. early 20s and that's uh, that path can go. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Austin, what do you got? Okay. I'm sure you'll have some good information on this. And this is something I'm pretty behind the times on, and I'm a little ashamed of myself. It's a life pro tip from we, uh, it's a bunch of E's and some A's. 
Cover all open cameras you have on laptops and phones, especially company property. Never assume they are off and always assume someone is watching. I work from home for a large bank and one of the higher ups just slipped up and hinted that he was watching me through my work laptop camera that was turned off. He commented on something I did when there was no way he could have known if my camera was off or as my camera was off. His comment was too specific and perfectly timed to be coincidence. It was confirmed by the extremely awkward silence every other higher up had when he made this mistake. He tried to laugh it off as a joke, but it wasn't funny and it just made it even more creepy. Assume that if they have access, they are using it. So I have some questions on this. One, that's scary just to think, I mean, that seems like that should be illegal, right? And it's some sort of breach of privacy as far as the company goes. But I have been told, and I'm sure you know, Julian, is it true that, you know, people in Russia are watching me jack off? I mean, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd have some good info on this. Well, yeah. I mean, if you listen to any internet security expert, they all tell you this, that people can access your cameras all the time. In fact, when... I was younger and we had these old hacking software pieces, me, my brother and I, I remember turning someone's webcam on and watching them. God. Not that they were doing anything, but it was just like showing us that we could do it. Does the light come on or does it, do they, they're like, don't know the, they're none the wiser and the light doesn't come on or anything. I don't, I think you can definitely do it where the light doesn't come on. <sighs> But I don't know. I don't know the particular one we were using, how that worked. But yeah, definitely people can hack into your shit and do that. And then like work stuff, I think the, there's something, if the company owns the computer you're on, then yeah, they can put whatever software they want on it. But if it's your own personal computer, then I don't think they that's legal for them to do that. But I'm sure the bank probably provided that computer and then was able to access it like i have a webcam at work i just aim it towards the wall i never turn it on that still seems fishy but the whole time you were talking i was just imagining someone blackmailing me and some guy you know showing up with a mask on or something and putting a hard drive on the table and then there's like 150 hours of just my face while i'm you know have double chin laying on three pillows stacked up on my bed watching porn my right arm's just moving furiously like imagine if that got out i would god i would walk right in front of a bus it would do nothing but make you blush a little bit even just if someone just had 200 hours of you just jacking off and then they linked your facial expressions to exactly what video and what scene you were watching yeah i mean i don't know everyone Everyone masturbates, Austin. And then they make a pie chart with when you're... Never mind. You're thinking way too deeply into this. <laughs> but I've got I've gotten an email before demanding like $25,000 in Bitcoin or they'll release all my videos. Yeah, that's not real though. I know it's not real, but for I'm saying certain for people real. like you, but I guarantee it works because there's guarantee there's some guy who's like, oh, oh they're, they're going to know all my dirty secrets. I'm going to put some tape over my camera. Immediately. They make that little thing that you can just slip over the top of your laptop and it has a little oh yeah. Little toggle. Forgot about that. You just get one of those. Oh god. 
I think Facebook actually was like I, Mark Zuckerberg. He was big on that. What a guy. Don't do anything you don't want the world to see in front of your webcam. Let's put it that way. Have you watched The Most Hated Man on the Internet on Netflix? No. What's that? Is it about Zuckerberg? No, it's about this guy who had a website that I didn't even know about. But I guess in the early 2010s, he had a website called is anybody is anybody up.com. And it was a website where they would take naked pictures and videos of girls that people would submit like ex-boyfriends and stuff. They would also hack people's like personal email accounts and steal pictures off them and they'd post them online with links to their Facebook accounts and their social media accounts. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah, but it was apparently like completely legal at the time. There were no laws against it. It was kind of the Wild West days. And they like interview all these women who were victims of this, where they literally had their emails hacked and personal pictures taken out of their accounts and posted online with links to all of their social media. That shit is fucked up. Oh, it's really fucked up. I haven't finished it yet. I'm halfway through the second episode, but it's it's a fascinating story. And I can't believe I never heard of that website. Apparently, it was all the rage. The guy was making a lot of money off of it. He had like a cult following. I can't believe you hadn't heard of it either. Yeah, a cult following of fucking scumbags. I mean, I, I'm as pervy as the next guy, but that's that's uh, you're crossing the line there. Yeah, there's a girl on there who her name was Butthole Girl. Oh, yeah. What kind of stuff was she into? <laughs> Sticking things up her ass. Oh. That was literally her thing. And she initially did it because she was doing, like, webcam stuff. But then they linked pictures of her children to the to the website. And she was, like, begging to take the kids off the website. And the guy that owned it said he would only do it if she stuck... At, I forget what it was. Something, I think a moose bottle up her ass. A moose bottle? Yeah, and she said okay. Wait, what's that? Like a hair moose bottle. Oh. And so she did it, and then he took the thing down, and then it became like an ongoing thing where he would just have her stick crazier and crazier things up her butt, and then he would post it on the website, and her name was Butt Girl. And they, they're, they're literally interviewing this girl who's like probably in her, she's probably in her thirties now and she's lost everything because of who she became, including her. And she got nothing from it. She lost her children. Oh man. You just ruined my joke. Oh. I was going to say lost everything, including her anal elasticity. Yeah. But, uh, not as funny now that I know she lost her children. Yeah. What if the guy blackmails me with all of my footage of me jacking off and makes me start putting things in my ass? I haven't gotten to the end yet, but I think he finally got into legal trouble and he's no longer around. But uh, if you go to the website, it, it like talks about it because whoever like shut the website down now has made a whole web page like bringing awareness to people that steal other people's content and post it online how big of an object do you think you could get in your ass with you know very little to no experience in ass play not very big i guess it's all about relaxation and i don't think i have that in me i think you could get probably like a arizona iced tea can in there 
Yeah, probably with enough relaxation. But I'm saying like I would I I I I'm a tight ass, so I would I would pucker up. Yeah, me too. So I'd have to be real relaxed. You'd have to serenade me with some calming music and maybe a little wine. I'll do whatever it takes. All right, Julian, I got a good segue here. Is it my turn? Yeah. Actually, I think it's your turn, but I have a good segue. Should I, oh, okay. should I just do it? No, let me you do can't it, steal and then it. You do it too. Fine. Fine. All right. This one's quick. And it comes from Ideal Dreams. That's the username. A wet oven mitt is no longer an oven mitt. Water transfers heat a lot faster than dry fabric. If you get an oven mitt wet, don't use it to pull anything out of the oven unless you want the heat transferred directly to your hand. I think we've done this before. We have? Because I remember we did it, and then I last time I visited you, I remember you somehow got your oven mitt wet, and then you burned your hand pulling a... I did? Not badly. You were just like, ah, and you like threw the tray down. That's why I have silicone gloves now. That's the way to go. I highly recommend those. They're great. You can literally just pick anything up, and it's awesome. You know what else works really good? Those hot hands that we used to use in in film school. (laughs) Dude, those things are badass for picking up hot things. Yeah, but it's it's like putting on a work glove. It just seems like a lot of work having to get each of my digits into this little thing and Velcroing it shut just to pull a pan out, you know? And they're not made for cooking, so they're probably not like sanitary to use because who knows what chemicals they have on them. Well, that's a good point. Those things are really good for pulling out anything that's really hot. That's a good tip that nobody can use because nobody has those fucking gloves. Yeah, if you live in a town that sells film equipment, go to your local gaffing store and get some hot hands. Yeah, dude, just go to the gaffing store and get some $50 oven mitts. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) I highly recommend them. All right. Thanks for that tip, Julian. That is something that I I would not have otherwise known. So keep <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> no, I'm talking about keeping your oven mitts dry. Yeah, you didn't know that. I mean, if it's so obvious, why'd you use it as a tip? Well, I knew it, but I I, I guess a lot of people out there didn't. So you're welcome. Anyways. <laughs> All right, Julian. Remember when we were talking about assholes? Yes. This is a life pro tip brought to us by John underscore Wick without the C. Oh, that guy's a badass. Guys, get your colonoscopies. That's the tip. There is a long thing. Should I read it? No, I think we all know why you get a colonoscopy because you don't want to get colon cancer. And I honestly think they should start giving these at younger ages we just had a guy from our high school die of colon cancer yeah that's it's fucked up man and the problem is and this again highlights the shittiness of our healthcare system is they should probably start giving these exams way younger but the current age is 50 or i think it's i think it was 40 and now it's 45 or vice versa it's it's somewhere between 40 and 45 but I think a large part of that has to do with uh, insurance companies' non-willingness to pay for younger and younger people because it's going to cost them money. So, like, everything's in negotiation with the insurance companies. Like, how 
young can we get them to pay for this fucking thing that could easily save their life yeah i think it's it's that's the whole thing it's just an insurance coverage thing and i was listening to one of my health podcasts the other day you know i like to listen to them and not implement any changes just like i like to buy self-improvement books and not read them this is one that with an actual md what's it called mike his name is michael gervais i think but he's He's like an actual MD, and he was saying if everybody were to get a colonoscopy every year that almost no one would die of colon cancer because it's the most preventable form of cancer if you get to it early enough. And usually when it kills people, it's because they haven't gotten to it early enough. So this dude, I think he gets one. He's like 50, and he gets one. Maybe he's 46. He gets one every one to two years. And, and this is close to home for me because I have a family history. My grandma had colon cancer. My mom had colon cancer. My sister had precancerous polyps at 39. And so I actually was able to get insurance to cover one for me when I was 37. It was cleared, but I can't remember if he told me to come back in two years or five years. And now I can't even remember where the doctor is, but I've been getting kind of paranoid about it lately, especially, you know, with that thing happening with our high school classmate. And the other day, this might be a little too much information here, but let's just say I noticed that I had a dark, tarry stool, Julian. It's, as you know, it as Melina. And I started freaking out and I was like, oh, fuck, dude, I'm, I have, I'm bleeding internally. Something's going on. And then the next morning I wake up, everything's fine. Come to find out I'd eaten a whole box of chocolate pudding before bed. And I think that may have had something to do with it. But that'll do it. After this, I'm going to make a point to see if I can get another colonoscopy scheduled because that's fucking terrifying, man. That's really scary. Did you know that Tom Hanks, Steve Martin, and Martin Short go get together and have a boys' weekend out every year where they get their colonoscopies done? I think you told me about that. They like go and treat themselves to like a fancy dinner and all this stuff. Or no, they you can't eat dinner. You fast, right? Yeah. So, whatever they do, they get together and they do it together as like a as a annual boys weekend. Dude, we should do that when we're older. I'll go get a colonoscopy with you. I would love one. Do you remember that episode of Oprah? I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where she got an MRI from head to toe, and they like took it was like a. MRI of every single layer. I already know where you're going with this. And she was talking about like how great it was and how everyone should get this, but it was so tone deaf because I think it costs like a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket for her to get done. Oh, I thought you were going to say you could see the exact shape of her vagina and it looks exactly like you expected it to. No, that's not what you were going with that. Not at all. I was just saying it was like one of those things where like Oprah, the billionaire, was able to get this and told everyone she should get it. They should get it done. But it was like an ungodly amount of money that most people would. She had been so rich for so long that she didn't even piece together the fact that people can't get that. She probably didn't even know how much it cost. I bet because she probably just has like other people that take care of paying her bills and she just does whatever she wants where she doesn't even have to worry about it. She goes, Oh, just send the invoice to this address and then someone else pays it. Well, I'm sure it was free for her. It's one of those things. Yeah, probably. Cause she probably brought a lot of business to whoever that doctor was that did it. 
I think his name was Dr. Oz, if I'm not mistaken. Dr. Oz? I think so. You know who Dr. Oz is, right? Yeah, I was joking. Oh. That guy sucks. Who do you like better, Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil? Uh, Dr. Phil. You Dr. Phil guy? Yeah, all the way. Because of the haircut? I just like his, I like how straight up he is. <laughs> he doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, dude, you know Dr. Phil's going to give it to you straight, man. The real talk. He's got an assertive mustache that Dr. Oz is just missing. Yeah, that's true. And just a, a commanding voice and presence. But when it comes to who's going to be my president, Dr. Oz all the way. Hmm. I really hope he runs for office. Is he talking about that? Is this the thing? I think he is running for office. Oh. I think he's a complete, he is a complete jackass. They both are. But definitely Dr. Oz is a bigger jackass. My mom has been trying to get me to watch Dr. Phil for like 10 years. I'm just like, mom, I don't think it's for me. She's like, no, he's really good. I think you'd like it. Oh my God. I think the only talk show host that will ever be for me is Jerry Springer or Maury. Maury's pretty good. I thought you were a Geraldo guy. No, I fucking hate Geraldo. He's so whiny and annoying. Although we talk shit about like those doc, you know, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, and I'm sure that they're pushing a bunch of bullshit pseudoscience and whatnot, but for better or worse, I think people like, like my mom, for example, she doesn't listen to podcasts and she may not have access to this information anywhere else. So granted, I'm sure she gets like 70% of it is horse shit from Dr. Phil every now and then he gives her some good pointers that are probably actually backed by real medical studies. Dr. Phil better because I think he's less full of shit. I mean, he's still full of shit, but I think Dr. Oz is a hundred percent. full. I think of he's shit. just always peddling products and Phil's just like 50% full of shit. Hmm. And I think Dr. Phil's more of a psychiatric doctor where Dr. Oz is actually giving like medical advice. Oh, that's right. He's, you know, anyways, guys, email us at just the tips pod at AOL.com and let us know if you're team Dr. Phil or team Dr. Oz and uh, we'll settle the score once and for all. Sounds good. Oh, wait, hold on. I had one more thing I want to say about colonoscopies, uh, especially once you get to be our age, we're nearing 40. In general, people don't like going to the doctor, and when you're younger, you can get away with a lot more, but when you're older, you need to be diligent about that shit. Get your colonoscopies, get your blood work every year, and just stay on top of shit. Ideally, eat healthier and exercise, too, but at the very least, if you're not going to do that, you got to keep tabs on your shit, so get your blood work done. See what's going on. Yeah, it can be really intimidating, but it's good to catch those things early. I always get scared when I get my blood work done and stuff, but, um, you know, it's really important to do. So get over that. And those things are tough because it's almost like you, you know, when you got your first STD test and you were like, I know I have AIDS, there's no way I don't have AIDS. And so you put it off and you put it off and then you get the results and you don't have AIDS. Oh, it's such a relief. Like anything, even if you did, you know, you'd most likely have HIV first and anything that you catch earlier is going to be much more treatable for the most part. And putting it off is, is not going to help. Amen. Go in there and get those STD checks, guys. Do it. And make sure that you're using condoms if you're having sex in truck stop bathrooms. Or anywhere. Or anywhere, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Is that it? Yeah. Austin. We were really blabbing today. 
I know. I was blabbing. Well, I was too. We only did like three tips. I wasn't focused. I didn't take my ADD medicine. So I'm going to let you off easy today. You can just lick my inner ear a little bit. All right, Julian. And I love you and I miss you. And I think you look so handsome in that collared shirt. You look like a used car salesman. And as you know, nothing turns me on more than a flashy used car salesman. He loves used cars. But <laughs> I do. Go f- he do. <laughs> Especially a used Toyota or a Lexus. Don't even get them Anything started. in the Toyota family. I'm on board. Yeah. Are you a Sci- What about a used Scion? Nah, I think I'm too old for that. I don't know, Austin. That's a that's a teen car. No, you can you could get a nice used Scion and uh, really impress the ladies. There was a time in my life where I wanted a Scion so bad. I was like, dude, that Scion TC so fucking tight. Yeah, they did look pretty good. Couldn't afford it, so I got a Nissan 200SX. Scion wasn't even around when you had your Nissan 200SX. <laughs> got news for you, buddy. Mm, I'll see about that. All right. All right, Julian. Well, I love you. Go fuck yourself. I miss you. No, you don't. All right. Yeah, bye, guys. Everyone. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Dude, we were struggling today. Wow. Uh, thanks for listening. Just the tips pod at AOL.com. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye. It's the two guys with the smoothest butts. And she said they're all the rage these days. Yeah, well, you got a lot of ass from that fedora. Oh, it happens all the time, man. That was the night that Little John almost made me pee my pants. And he had peed on the carpet. I was like, enough's enough. And it's a real shame. Real shame. Your 60-foot child. Just some nice avocados you got there. I wore a straw hat. And it was literally like taking a fresh breath of mountain air. It just felt so good. Do you remember that episode of Oprah (laughs) sticking things up her ass? Her name was Butt Girl. I guess it's all about relaxation. Uh, I didn't fuck you. I just, I made my boundaries very clear. When you give me some bottomless mimosas, that offered me a ridiculous amount of money. And I was like, oh, definitely the cheeks. So you just got to dig a little deeper. Squeeze a little more juice out of it. It was amazing, man. I forgot how much of, like, how enjoyable that is. And I've never gotten more compliments. So it was $40. Yeah, I mean, trains are the shit, but... Yeah, you didn't know that? <laughs> <laughs> then that's really exciting. Do you, man? You're a sack of beans today, and you should figure out how to get a little more life into your life. Just take a stroll down the back alleyways. Some extra money on the side. Her name was Butthole Girl. That guy sucks. I remember turning someone's webcam on and watching them. 200 hours of you just jacking off? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everyone masturbates Austin. If you had tip, you weren't getting served. Mark Zuckerberg, he was big on that. No, they think they actually liked it. You know, people in Russia are watching me jack off? I mean, probably. I don't know. Yeah, disgusting. Not very big. You should probably watch it. It's just got a little bit of romance to it. I think Little John was DJing that night. Who do you like better, Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil? Who? <laughs> Mag... Mag... Malginer? What are those... How do you pronounce those? Julian, remember we were talking about assholes? Dude, those things are badass. I was a fedora man for quite a while. Uh, Dr. Phil came over, and uh, you could suck that thing as hard as you could, and, and it would just ruin him. And he, like, didn't give a fuck. Even if you haven't watched it in months, he'd get pissed at you if you didn't let him do it. That was, that was the deal you made. 
He did. It was a real treat when you'd go over to his house. You Dr. Fogner? Yes. So you could count on me. I know I have AIDS. There's no way I don't have AIDS. <laughs> yeah, that was a great deal for me. Oh, it's such a relief. Got news for you, buddy. <laughs>